A coding dojo and a coded read are different formats with the same goal. What ideas of the coding dojo can we use in a coded read? Hi, my name is Peter Kofler. I am the code cop. Obviously, I'm fanatic about clean code, and for many years I tried hard to develop quality software. Eventually, I had to change my motto to developing quality software developers. In this podcast, I will answer questions about facilitation, hosting, and participation of coded reads, and any kind of hands-on session in general. If you have any questions regarding your coded read, please send me an email or leave me a comment. So today's guest is Emily Page. Hi, Emily. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. So Emily, uh, you're a technical agile coach, keynote speaker, and author of various books, even, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. And one of your books uh, is the Coding Dojo Handbook. And I uh, would like to talk about a bit about it. It's a small book, like 115 pages, at least the version I have. Can you tell a bit about it? I wrote the book about, it's nearly 10 years ago now, actually, um, about how you could set up your own coding dojo. And the idea of a coding dojo is you get together a bunch of, of programmers who want to learn more about technical agile practices like test-driven development and refactoring. And um, you practice on code carters and um, you try and learn more together. So it's a lot like a code retreat, actually. But when I wrote the book, I was envisaging that this was a, a kind of a regular occurrence, something that you do with your, with your team, maybe with your colleagues, or maybe um, in an evening after work with some um, some people from different companies, like at a meetup, and you might do this once a month or once in two months or something, and and this would be a kind of a repeating thing, and you'd get to know one another, and yeah, so it's a bit like a code retreat, only kind of shorter and more often. Yeah, that's the coding dojo idea. How much do you think from the book is applicable to code retreat? Well, the thing with a code retreat is kind of traditionally you've you're repeating the same exercise all day, um, and it's the game of life is the recommended one. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing with the coding dojo is that it's a lot more ideas for what you could work on, I think. Um, lots more different code carters you could try out. Um, some are easier, some are harder. And also um, little games. I mean, in the code retreat, you have little games. You have, you know, like um, evil pairing and, um, and stuff. So that in the book, there's some ideas of, of other kind of similar games to that that you can do when you actually you've got to know a carter a bit. Uh, so it's just basically, I guess, a bit more variety and, and things that you could throw in. I mean, I found this was useful. I did a code retreat a few years ago and, and I found that some of the participants, had, this was like their fifth code retreat. And they said to me that they were a little bit bored of the game of life problem. And could they do something else, please? Uh, so that was um, that was fine. I could you know, pull out some exercises that yeah. I got from my book, basically. That, that's that's a pretty recurring theme. So people asking for new exercises, and I all, already did some episodes on on that. And when we did the code retreat uh, together, I think it was uh, 2017, right, in Vienna, you also did a session with one of the uh, exercises from the book. So while the exercises are smaller than Game of Life in general, right, you, we can still use them for a session. Yeah. Yeah, because for for a full code retreat, and that's I will talk in a future episode again about this. I I want something different from an exercise, but for a single session, like every kata will do. Right, right exactly, and um, 
you might want to not want to do the same one all day if it was quite a straightforward one. But yeah, just for one session, try something else. Practice your TDD skills on something a bit different. Yeah. It seems like in contrast to most all facilitators I know, you're not thinking in constraints, but you're thinking in exercises. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And also, like I said, when we did the codicil together, it was also interesting to see, you said, let's do something different. And uh, you didn't propose a weird constraint, you proposed just a bunch of exercises people could choose. So, and that's, that's uh, very refreshing. Yeah, um, well, I guess that's how I, I set up my teaching now. I have, I prepare one hour sessions for, for, my, for my coaching. So I've, and I remember them by which exercise it is, because that's the main part of it. Do you think constraints are overrated then? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I think there's definitely, I mean, when you get to know an exercise, putting on the constraints makes it, um, means you can learn more from it. So absolutely, that's a, a valid way to, to do it. But I, I don't know, I, when I repeat a kata, I like to, uh, I like, I like to start from a different place. Um, so I'll do it again in different programming language, or I'll do it as a refactoring kata, or yeah, so maybe that's how I think about it more. The constraints like the ping pong or the, or the evil pairing, or the no if statements and things, these are all kind of interesting and they teach you something, but I'm, I'm actually really quite interested to see, can I learn something that I can apply in my production code? Uh, and for me, a lot of the production code I see is I need refactoring skills. I need to learn to work in small steps. Um, so maybe that's why I have a few more of those refactoring cartas in my in my backpack. Mm -hmm. So so you I heard you two things and uh, it's interesting. So you are saying um, maybe some or all constraints are not that day-to-day uh, -day business relevant, where we can still push our perception of object orientation further it's it's not it doesn't have that much impact than doing a rename basically and i, I would agree with that right yeah i mean they're interest it's interesting and learning more about design is is of course really important but it, just as a practical things that i'm going to be doing day by day it's there's a lot of refactoring going on so i guess you also have uh, then you have done the, the legacy uh, retreat which is basically a refactoring retreat I have to confess I haven't. That's the one where you do trivia all day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't done it. I mean, I've played around with triv trivia myself, but I um, I would like one thing I should probably do, actually, attend a, a legacy retreat. Or uh, like run one, because that's like, that's a problem we have, right? It's not happening unless I'm, I'm facilitating it and then I'm facilitating it. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should do that this year. Facilitate it because now with everyone being at home and, and everything's remote, it's going to be a different kind of code retreat, I imagine. I mean, I've played around with trivia and I'm sure it could be fun to do all day. Yeah, at least a few times. And then it's becoming like game of life. To sum this up, uh, this direction where we where we went, uh, which I find very interesting. So, and I have never tried it. So, a code retreat could also be a progression of more and more complicated refactoring exercises that would start very simple where we see if people uh, can uh, find the shortcuts or at least know how to rename and and like then go further because you have so many of them and some of the refactorings are very specific and, and even uh, maybe 
uh, also take some time, like the, I think it was the split phase, uh, which is one refactoring, but it's like at least one session because there are a lot of details to, uh, to do. So do you think that's reasonable? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be fun. I mean, it would take a, a lot more preparation than a normal code retreat because you've got to come up with some refactoring exercises that for, for doing each one of those refactorings that you want to practice. But yeah, yeah I'd like to do that. The exercises I've got, a lot of them are based on real code um, that I've met in the field and they're quite difficult. I, a lot of them I kind of haven't even really succeeded with myself. I, I, I make them as, as challenges to myself as much as anyone else. But some of the other exercises I've got are more, um, it's more straightforward. I've, I've defactored some code that started with a reasonable design. So I, I know that they're there was a route from good design to bad design, so there should be a route back again oh, okay. that's easier to follow. Uh, so that's so when I'm creating a refactoring Carter, I think that's that makes it an easier exercise, um, and it's uh, it's quite fun to do as well. Actually, you realise how easy it is to make code so bad. <laughs> yes, very easy. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I think that's uh, that's great ideas. Thank you for having me. This is all for this episode. I'm Peter Kofler and I wish you luck with your next Coded Read or hands-on workshop. If you have any questions regarding your Coded Read, please send me an email or leave a comment. I'm looking forward to hear from you about how your event went. Coded Reads are awesome. Let's have more of them. <laughs>